all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Alhamdulillah, before starting, I would like to give or extend thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala afterwards to our brothers there at Masjid Ahl Hadith for extending this invitation to me to participate in this beautiful event may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them tremendously for their good thoughts of me may Allah ta'ala bless them and bless their community tremendously before getting into reflecting over the 72nd ayah from surah and Nahl, which I encourage everyone to grab a Mus'haf and to turn to the ayah so that we can go over it together, inshallah ta'ala, or so that they could follow along as we go over the ayah, ta'ala. But before getting into the ayah, we just would like to remind our sisters. As this address is for a sisters only event And I commend the brothers For having an event like this Because as we know from the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He used to designate a day Wherein he would give lessons and instructions To the sisters And this is something that is tremendous As the sisters they are a tremendous asset to the rectification of society so much so that the as the famous statement it goes ta'lim al-mar'a ta'lim al-ummah that the education of a woman is the education of a nation the woman's role is of extreme importance and the rectifying of the society then it's found in the rectifying of the women so I encourage my sisters to be diligent in seeking knowledge and to be diligent in overseeing the education of their daughters, of the children in general, bila shakwa bila rape, but we want to specify the daughters that is important that they learn, that they learn about their religion, that they learn about their deen. As we know, that from that which points to, to the superiority of knowledge, is a statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he commanded the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to ask for an increase as Allah ta'ala he says وَقُرْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمًا and say my Lord increase me in knowledge you'll find as the ulama they point out that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he was never commanded to ask for the increase in anything except for knowledge in that points to the superiority of knowledge Allah Azza wa Jal He says in His noble book قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتَوِ الَّذِينَ 
ya'lamuna walladhina la ya'lamun and say are they equal those who know and those who do not know wa qala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fi kitabihi al-kareem yarfa'u allahu alladhina amanu minkum walladhina utu al-'ilma darajat allah ta'ala he says what means and allah has raised those who believe from amongst you and has risen those who have ilm above them in levels وقال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم إنما يخشى الله من عباده العلماء that verily those the only ones who truly fear Allah from his slaves then they are the ulama they are the ulama وعن معاوية رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من يرد الله به خيرا يفقهه في الدين حديث متفق عليه on the authority of Muawiyah رضي الله تعالى عنه he said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said the one who Allah wants good for he gives them understanding in the religion من يرد الله به خيرا يفقهه في الدين Whoever Allah wants good for, He gives them understanding of the religion. So it is incumbent and is a must that our sisters, they strive and seek to have understanding of the religion. Having understanding of the religion is not something that is restricted to just the men, but rather this is for the men and is for the women. As it comes in a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, طَلَبُ الْعِلْمُ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمْ Seeking knowledge, طَلَبُ الْعِلْمُ Seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim. Naam. Seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim, male and female. Naam. Wa an Anis radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal, qal Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man khuraja fi talib al-ilm, kana fi sabirillah hatta yaruji'a. Hadithun rawahu al-Tirmadhi wa qala hadith hasan. On the authority of Anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu He said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said that whoever leaves in seeking knowledge Whoever goes out to seek knowledge Then they are in the way of Allah until they return They are in the path of Allah until they return So seeking knowledge My dear sisters Is a pursuit that you should be very diligent over is a pursuit that you should strive as relates to it bithnilahi ta'ala there are many virtues and benefits from the seeking of knowledge we see many of these virtues and benefits as it comes in a hadith an abi darda it comes on the on the authority of abu ad-darda radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal he said سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول He said that I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم saying من سلك طريقا من سلك طريقا يبتغي فيه علما سهل الله له طريقا إلى الجنة That whoever seeks a path whoever takes a path seeking therein knowledge whoever takes a path seeking therein knowledge and let me just stop here and make a quick note as the ulama they point out that whenever you find the text of the deen 
whenever you find inside of the nusus the mention of knowledge then this means ilm shar'i this means the knowledge of the religion this means the knowledge of the religion naam then when it comes knowledge by itself then this means the knowledge of the religion whenever there's another discipline or another science that is intended or is linked to the word knowledge ilm then it's going to be linked it's going to be connected so for example you have ilm tib the knowledge of medicine naam and so on and so forth but if it comes by itself ilm then what is intended is the knowledge of the deen so whoever takes a path seeking therein the knowledge of the deen then Allah will make easy for them the path to the jannah naam now there is not a single man or a single woman except that they are in need that the path of jannah is made easy for them and that is by way of what seeking knowledge of the religion so this is it, it, this is very important yani and all of this really it 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 highlights it highlights the need and the necessity which which gathers us on uh, yani today and which is part of the goals bithnilahi ta'ala that we're trying to accomplish and that is by uh renovating the masjid and preparing it so that the women's side could be reopened and comfortable for them bithnilahi ta'ala because the masjid is the place that they can come to learn about their religion where they can come and they can learn about the deen they can come and they can study Allah's book they can study the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they can study the biographies of the sahabiyat and the biographies of our mothers they can come and they can study and learn about their religion this is the place yani for them to come and do so and 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 in comfort bithnilahi ta'ala so it is incumbent that we strive towards these ends and that we strive uh to fulfill this bithnilahi ta'ala so that our sisters they have a place where they are allotted the opportunity to learn about their religion naam when they are allotted the opportunity to learn about their religion ala kulli hal the hadith it goes on to mention so we see one benefit right and this is yani min al-muqaddimah huh? this is just an introduction before we get into what we want to get into so we don't want to spend a lot of time on it but if you go through the hadith you could enumerate one benefit naam sahrallahu lahu tariqan ila jannah that allah ta'ala he makes easy for them a way to the jannah this is one benefit another benefit yani it which shows the superiority of the of those who seek knowledge the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam goes on to say wa anna al-malaika la tad'u ajnihataha lit-talib al-'ilm ridan bima yasna that the angels they lower their wing to the student of knowledge they lower their wing to the seeker of knowledge to the student of knowledge because they are pleased with what they are doing because they are pleased with what they are doing naam this is another so who from amongst us accept that they 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 should want that naam thumma qala nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam and then the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said wa anna al-'alim la yastaghfiru lahu man fi as-samawat wa man fi al-ard he said in that the prophet sallallahu he said in that the alim the scholar that those who are in the heavens and those who are in the earth huh they ask allah to forgive the scholar they ask allah to forgive the scholar naam a lot of benefits in this portion from the benefits in this portion is that what is that, is that the alim is not ma'sum the alim he is not infallible He's going to make mistakes so he's in need of being forgiven because kulun adam khata every child of adam make mistakes they make sense wa khayru khatayn at-tawabun 
And the best of those who make mistakes are those who ask for tawbah, for forgiveness. They make tawbah unto Allah Azza wa Jal. So the alim, he's not infallible. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to error. He's going to come up short from time to time like every other human being. Naam. This is one takeaway. Those who are in the heavens and those who are in the earth, even the fish inside of the water, they ask that uh, the scholar be forgiven. Naam. This is from the way of Ahl Sunnah. This is from the way of Ahl Sunnah. Naam. As Imam Al Tahawi, he mentions inside of Aqeedah Al Tahawiyyah, and we know this is in, uh, one of the uh, classical works which outline in general the Aqeedah of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah. But he mentions in it about talking about the ulama and about the scholars. And that the scholars, they are to be mentioned with beautiful terms. And whoever mentions them in evil, with evil terms, or whoever mentions them in an evil manner, that he is not upon the right way. That he is not upon the right way. And, you, and this is yani, something that we see here that's pointed out in this portion of the hadith is that the even the fish inside of the water ask Allah to forgive the scholar so now compare that to those ignorant to those belligerent uh, individuals who speak ill of the scholar anytime a scholar does not agree with them then they go to speaking bad about them they go to speak about them in terms that are disrespectful. Anytime a scholar differs with them, they can go from alama to not even mentioning sheikh before the name to just calling them by their name or making an abbreviation or acronym for their name, so on and so forth. Yani, the epitome of disrespect. Huh? The epitome of disrespect. This is not from the way of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. It's not from the way of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. Just because we don't agree with a particular scholar and a particular issue from the ulama of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, that does not strip him from his level, that does not strip him from his status, that does not justify disrespecting him and speaking to him in ways that are disrespectful, and so on and so forth, and then calling the people to disrespect him and speak in ways that are disrespectful. Huh? This here, this shows the ignorance of the, of the like of these, of these individuals, and I don't care what it is that they claim it, I don't care what it is that they say it, as far as their claims of who they are and so on and so forth, these are individuals who are on horrible and gross and despicable error as relates to this particular affair. It is not from the way of Ahl Sunnati wa Jama'ah to verbally disrespect the ulama. This because we take a position that is different than their position or because they may, we see that they may have error and we don't follow them in their error, so on and so forth. Even when correcting the error, we maintain the respect, we maintain the level of the scholar, we, we, we speak about that scholar in respect, with respect, and we don't strip their respect and their honor and their nobility from them because we uh, don't agree or that we see that they are in error. Naam. So let this be a warning to the likes of those individuals who do this to stay away from these people these are not people that you should entrust your deen to because if these people don't even understand the like of this then subhanallah what good are they even the fish inside of the water ask Allah to forgive the scholar so now you got this ignoramus running upon the earth speaking bad about this, the ulama of Ahlul Sunnati wa Jama'ah dropping them left and dropping and, and, and right dropping them left and dropping them right when even a fish know better than him so how are you going to put your hand in religion that the fish know better than this person? Ala kulli hal. The hadith it goes on and it says, وَفَضْلُ الْعَالِمْ 
على على al-'abid kafadl al-qamar ala sa'ir al-kawakib and that the superiority of the scholar over the worshipper is like the superiority of the moon over the rest of the stars naam and we know that the light that comes from the moon is far superior than the light that reaches us from the rest of the the stars wa qala an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam he goes on to say wa inna al-'ulama waratatul anbiya and that verily the ulama the scholars they are the inheritors of the prophets ah stemiru the scholars they are the inheritance of the prophets the scholars ah not the shabab not the well known whoever but who the scholars <laughs> you see like so understand the level of the scholars and give the respect to them huh and alhamdulillah alhamdulillah we live in an era that they are upon the earth uh, many ulama they are upon the earth many ulama they are upon the earth many from the kibar or ulama and alhamdulillah the the situation has not gotten that bad that we only have two uh, major scholars but we have a lot of major scholars way more than two wallahi alhamd ثم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وان الانبياء لم يورثوا دينارا ولا درهما وانما ورثوا العلم and that the prophets they do not leave as an inheritance dollars or cents for lack of a better translation but rather they leave behind knowledge نعم they leave behind knowledge فمن اخذه اخذ and whoever grabs hold of it then they would have grabbed hold of a tremendous treasure a tremendous portion a tremendous treasure a tremendous portion and there are many many more ahadith that could be mentioned as relates to this but due to time and what we want to cover from the topic itself we will suffice with that which has been mentioned if we turn to this ayah Again this is in surah this is in uh, surah an-nahl surah an-nahl naam in his verse 72 is verse 72 from surah an-nahl when we turn to this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says wallahu ja'ala lakum and Allah has made for you from yourselves wives Allah has made for you from yourselves wives وَجَعَنَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ بَنِينَ وَحَفَدَ and he has made from your wives children they have it translated here as sons but it's not restricted to just the boys children wahafada and for those who have the translation and they're following along then you see how they translate hafada but inshallah ta'ala we'll come back to this and we'll go more into depth on the meaning of hafada naam thumma qala ta'ala wa razaqakum min at-tayyibat and he has bestowed upon you good provisions and he has bestowed upon you good provisions Allah Ta'ala goes on to say afa bil batil yu'minuna wa bi ni'matillahi hum yakfurun is it with 
do they believe as or we should say yeah, do they believe then in false deities and deny the favors of Allah do they then believe in false deities and deny the favors of Allah subhanallah there's so much benefit that is here in this ayah so much benefit Naam. let us reflect Allah Jalla wa'ala he starts off this ayah by saying and Allah has made for you, from you, wives, spouses. Naam. Allah has made for you, from you, from yourselves, spouses. Naam. Spouses. This is a ni'mah that Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon humanity. That He has made us in pairs, and that He has made for us spouses. That he has legislated for us the institution of marriage. This is from the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So much benefit comes from these bounties. From those benefits is that offspring they come. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says in the ayah that we hear all the time, as is found in Khubat al Haja, where Allah ta'ala he says, Ya ayyuhannas ittaqu rabbakum ladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahida. وَخَلَقَ مِنْهَا زَوْجَهَا وَبَثَّ مِنْهُمَا رِجَالًا كَثِيرًا وَنِسَاءً Allah Ta'ala He says And O humanity What means O humanity O mankind Fear your Lord Who created you from one single soul And who created from that soul its mate Who created from يعني, يعني, uh, Who created you from one single soul We know that's referring to Who? Who is that referring to? Of course, I can't hear you, sisters, but I'll give you a second to answer amongst yourselves. It's referring to who? Like, it's referring to Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam. And it made from that soul its mate. Who was the mate? Who was the, who was the mate? Like, ah, then it is Nam, our mother, Hawa. Naam. Wabatha min huma and he has made from them to many men and many women. Many men and many women. So from the from the from the bounties from the bounties of marriage, from the bounties of marriage, is that offspring they come about as a result of marriage. And this is a bounty, this is a ni'mah that is upon humanity, upon human beings. Because this is a bounty that leads to the preparation or leads to the continuation of humanity. Naam. So this is a tremendous ni'mah. This is a tremendous bounty. Also the marriage, it is from the ways of the Anbiya and the Rusul. Marriage and having children. This is from the ways of the Anbiya and from the ways of the Rusul. As Allah Ta'ala He says, وَلَقَدَ أَرُسَلْنَا رُسُلًا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ أَزْوَاجًا وَذُرِّيَّةً Allah Ta'ala, He says what means, and verily we have sent from before you messengers, and we made for them to have wives and children. Huh? And they had wives and children. We made for them to have wives and to have children. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He informs us that what? That the institution of marriage, and the fact that He has made for us uh, mates from ourselves, then this is from His ayat. This is from the his uh, his signs. As Allah Ta'ala He says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا That Allah 
that from his signs, from his signs, is that he has made for you from yourselves spouses, wives. Naam, he has made from you, uh, yani, from yourselves spouses. Naam, and the ayat is addressing, what well, is addressing the men, that he has made for you from yourselves wives. Why? So that you may live in tranquility with her. So that you may live with her in, 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 in tranquility in a good way. Naam, because this is, this is the, this is the, from the characteristics of a good relationship. Naam, is that you're living together in a good way. Now, what, what do I mean by a good way? A good way by way in which that you are aiding one another and the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you are helping one another get to the Jannah. That you are being there to remind one another when they forget and to help one another when they remember. Yeah. This is of extreme importance and this should be the dynamic of our relationships. Not just that individuals get along because you know people can get along upon foolishness. People can get along upon batil. People can get along upon erroneous things and, 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 and things that are false. So this is not what is intended just so that meaning you get along and that's the sign of a healthy relationship. No, because if you're not, if you're getting along upon batil, if you're getting along and you're vibing upon sin and corruption, then this is a relationship that is not healthy. This is the epitome of that which is destroying you, huh? And, and yeah, and it's like ingesting, it's like ingesting poison, and you loving it, huh? You drinking poison like you're drinking juice or water, and you think it's benefiting you, but it's not. It's destroying you. So a healthy relationship is a relationship that you're helping one another to fear Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You're reminding each other when they forget, so on and so forth. You're aiding one another, waking each other up to pray tahajjud qiyamul layl. That you're waking one another up to pray Fajr. That you're encouraging one another to pray the voluntary prayers. That you're encouraging one another to fast the voluntary fast and breaking fast together and so on and so forth. That you're learning together, reading Quran together, reading a hadith together, studying together, memorizing the ayah, uh, supplications together, so on and so forth. These are from the healthy, uh, these are from the healthy things that a married couple should be doing. Now, of course, all that other stuff, you know, uh, taking walks in a park, you know, things of this nature. This is good stuff, right? You got to be doing that stuff as well. Uh, eating together, you know, sewing and so forth. Uh, this is good stuff. You got to be doing that stuff as well. Uh, but I want to highlight the aspects about the religion because a lot of times, or some of the times we should say, these things are not highlighted. The other things that deal with uh, romantic uh, relationships and so on and so forth are highlighted, and these things are needed, no doubt. These things are needed. Because we are to live yani, with our women in goodness, in, in goodness in every which way, shape and form, in goodness. However, at the head of what is goodness is that we establish a relationship that's a relationship where we help one another worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reflect on the Prophet sallallahu he used to pray in the nighttime, right? And then he would wake his family up to pray with her. You, you understand? So the, the Prophet ﷺ, he showed us, he showed us from this aspect also what is what is a part of the relationship uh, of, of 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 building a strong relationship that you have that aspect there that connection between you and your spouse as it relates to worshiping Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and also because the Deen of Islam is a Deen that is balanced. Naam, you also find the romantic aspects as well. So we find that when they would drink from a vessel, then they would they would find the spot on the vessel that the other one drank from where their lip print was, and they put their lip on that same place. That show you that romantic side as well. So it all it both has to be there, but these things are important. Make sure that the dean aspect is there because that's really what's going to bind you together strong. 
that's really what's going to bind you together you know in in in, in a strong way Allah ta'ala he says لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا To live with her yeah, And good To live with her and good وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً And he has made between you Affection and mercy He has made between you Affection uh, and mercy إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ Because verily in that Then there are signs لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ For people that reflect In that there are signs For a people that reflect so Allah Ta'ala he starts off this ayah by reminding us of this tremendous bounty Allah Ta'ala has made from you for you wives, spouses huh? that Allah Ta'ala has made for you from yourselves, spouses now before going on the ulama they use this ayah to show that the wives that Allah Ta'ala or the spouses that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala He has made and they are from ourselves. Al-Hafiz Al-Kathir he mentions he says that He has made for them wives from their same type from their same type and from their same form Right now, what that means from the same type, from the same gents, it doesn't mean gents like gentsia. Doesn't mean gents like nationality. No, it means gents from the same type, the same species. Huh? Gents from the same species. Meaning, in the ulama, they point out, they say this is a proof and evidence that shows the impermissibility of a human being marrying a jinn. Huh? Of a human being marrying a jinn because the jinn is from the jinn and the human is from the human. So the humans are to marry from one another because Allah Ta'ala has made from us our spouses. So this is a, a proof and an evidence that marriage is between a man and a woman, human being, human being. Now I'm in for the jinn, from jinn to jinn. You understand? But it's, but, but it, yani it's not to be understood as nationality, anything of this nature. No, this is not our way. But the man marry uh, who is righteous, whether she's white, whether she's black, whether she's Asian, whether she's yani, you know, Indian, whatever, huh? doesn't matter. They righteous. That's what. That's what. That's what. Demarry. Huh? Right. And vice versa. ولو جعل أزواج من نوع آخر لما حصل اتلاف ومودة ورحمة. نعم. And Imam Al-Kathir he mentions. He says, and if we were made, or if our spouses were from something that was totally different, then you wouldn't have that any connection, and you wouldn't have that affection. And you wouldn't have that mercy. You wouldn't have that same affection. You wouldn't have that same yani, uh, mercy between you. And so on and so forth. If they were from another creature. Naam. But Allah Ta'ala from His mercy. He has made uh, yani, uh, for us our spouses from ourselves. From yani, humans. The Shaykh he says. The Imam Ibn Kathir he says. وَلَكِن مِن رَحْمَتِهِ خَلَقَ مِن بَنِي آدَمِ he said, and from Allah's mercy, and from Allah's mercy, He made from the children of Adam uh, to be some men and some women. He made them males and females. Males and females. And He has made the women to be wives for the men. Huh. He has made the women to be wise for the men Because this is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa upon mankind Ma'am? 
So this understanding that the that that the kuffar and the uh, liberal people trying to push uh, and the LGBT uh, yani community is trying to push down the throats of the people that uh, love is open and a man can love a man and a woman can love a woman or whatever like this. No, 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 because. This is denying this bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Because he mentioned that from the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That he bestowed upon mankind, the institution of marriage And from one of the benefits from that is that the human beings are continued You know, you have a, you have a uh, continuation of, the, of, of humanity Like, ain't no man and no man ever brought forth, yani, yani had a child from them Nor women and women so if that became the norm, then the human beings wouldn't last more than another generation. You understand? If everybody on the earth were to do that, they'll last no more than another generation. So that can't, that's not a bounty. That, 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 that there is, uh, sowing the seed of our destruction as a, as a, as a, as, a, as humans. The normal humans. If, if, if that route was the route. But we know that's not the route. Allah Ta'ala, He tells us what is the route. Allah Ta'ala, He tells us what is the route. And these lions, they can say what they want to say, but it don't change the fact that it, of, of it that the route and what is correct is that a man marries a woman, huh? That is what is correct, and that stuff that they talking about is false, and it will always be false. And no matter what they say and how much they scream and how much they whatever, it's still false. You understand? Um, so, from Allah's bounties is that He has made human beings into males and females, and that the female they are the wife for the males. And the males, they are the husband for the females. Now, and this is the way. And and these uh, gay people, they deny the bounty of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Uh, and this, is, yani, shows the gravity and of their crime and of their sickness. ثم قال الله جل وعلا من الله جل وعلا. He goes on to say in the ayah, وجعل لكم من أزواجكم بنينا وحفدا. And he has made for you from your wives children. Naam, children. Qala Imam al-Kathir, thumma dhakra ta'ala, annahu ja'ala min azwaj al-banin, thumma ja'ala min al-azwaj al-banin wal-hafada. And then he mentioned, the Most High, he mentioned that he made from the wives children and al-hafada. نعم children يعني هم الأولاد بنين بمعنى الأولاد that what is meant by بنين what is meant by بنين is what أولاد children children نعم هم الأولاد children as relates to حفدة and and in بث الله تعالى for those who have a pen and a paper I want you to write down uh, what is the meaning of hafada? Naam. And this inshallah ta'ala will be an encouragement for all of us to learn Arabic. It will be an encouragement for all of us to learn Arabic. And it will be an indication to us that, uh, until we learn Arabic, we're going to be, uh, handicapped as relates to much from, from knowledge. We're going to be handicapped. We're, yani, we're going to be deficient in our pursuit of knowledge without the Arabic language. Naam. And that is because As is known amongst translators Is that when you translate something In order to make it reader friendly You translate the predominant meaning There may be other meanings that are there And that are 
uh, and that are um, legitimate yani, uh, meanings. But to make it reader friendly, you have to leave those out and just go with the predominant meaning. So in this ayah, it is translated using the predominant meaning, which is hafada to mean what? To mean grandchildren. To mean grandchildren. Naam. As the ayah, we didn't, we didn't, we, we remember, we skipped that part before, but those who had it, had it. Naam. So it is translated as sons and grandsons. Sons and grandsons. But we mentioned that Benin, although technically, uh, it's, yani, uh, sons, what is understood by it is awlad, children. So sons and daughters. Naam. Like. Likewise, hafada, grandsons, but what is understood by it is what? Grandchildren. So this is from the meanings of hafada, meaning what? A grandson or a grandchild. Naam. Wahum al awlad benin. And they are al-hafada, they are the awlad of the benin. They are the sons of the sons, right? Or the grandchildren. Waqalahu ibn Abbas. And Ibn Abbas, he mentioned this mean, that this is from the meaning. Uh, he mentioned that this is from the meaning. Or this was one of the things that he mentioned as being from the meaning. Ibn Abbas, he mentioned this. Wa'iqrimah also mentioned this. Wal-Hasan, he also mentioned this. Wal-Dahak, also mentioned this. Wal-Ibn Uzaid, also mentioned this. That from the meaning of Hafada, then this means what? It means grandson or grandchild. Naam. Ibn Abbas, he also mentioned Banin wa Hafada as relates to Allah Ta'ala's statement sons and grandsons or children and grandchildren whom al walad wal walad and walad that this means the son and the son of the son wa qala mujahid and mujahid he mentioned ibnuhu wa khadimu this means his son and his servant naam so now for hafada we're seeing another meaning that is coming in it we're seeing another meaning so the first is that al hafada it means what it means uh, it means the son of the son or the grandchild Naam, this is the first meaning the second one that comes is that it means the servant is that it means the servant so hafida refers to as the servant and this is what mujahi he mentioned and inside of another riwayah he mentioned al-hafada al-ansar that it means your supporters your supporters so now the supporters they oh, it's more broad right because they don't necessarily have to be from blood relation Naam or don't necessarily have to be from those who are yani, uh, servants and, and the like so it's a more broad definition of al-hafada Naam also he mentioned that it can mean al-a'wan that it can mean al-a'wan those those people who give you aid and give you assistance now your allies so your supporters or it can mean your allies Naam. well uh, and then he mentioned as well wal khuddam Naam. your servants your servants as well waqara ikrima and ikrima he mentioned al-hafada man khadamaka that al-hafada it is specifically the one who he uh, serves you, for the one that serves you, from 
from Ibni, yani from Min Min Waladik, from your children, wa Min Walid Waladik, and also from the children of your children, yani from your sons and the sons of your sons. And uh, he, he specified this because Al Hafada, because the word Al Hafada, naam, the meaning of it, as Imam Al Kathir he, he mentions a little bit later, it means Al Khidma, yeah, Al Hafdu, Al Hafdu, naam, Al Hafdu. Ma'nahu al khidma that al haft it means service that you're servicing someone, huh? You're servicing someone, right? Or you're providing a service for them, you're assisting them, right? Uh, for example, it's like if a person would ask you, "Hey, khidma," like how can I, you know, how can I help you? Like if you were to enter into a store or something like this, and the employee there would say, "How can I help you? You know, what what can I help you with? How can I assist you?" So. Um, this the, the the origin of this word it comes from this one who serves or who assists you on something who helps you out. Now, as understood, this doesn't necessarily mean that your son or your child will help you, because uh, unfortunately, uh, some children because of their bad behavior, they don't help their parents. They don't help their parents. So although their, yani, uh, the child, their the blood uh, and, and biological child of the parent, they don't help the parent. Right, so from that standpoint, they won't necessarily enter into this meaning. So it's a child that helps you, a child that assists you. Likewise, grandchildren, not all grandchildren, they they help their grandparents. Why? Because of the bad manners that they have, they don't help their grandparents. But the one, but the but the grandchild that helps you, then he will enter into the meaning of hafana, of what, of a, um, of 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 one who helps you, honey. Right? They enter into the meaning of hafana, like. وقال ابن إن قال ابن ابن الجرير إن إمام الجرير he mentions he says وهذه الأقوال كلها داخلة في المعنى أو في معنى الحفد he said in all of these things enter into the meaning of الحفد ها all of these aforementioned meanings they meant they enter into الحفد to serve this is an important point to remember is that when it comes to tafsir, when you have the likes of this, when you have the salaf and they have different opinions, right? They have different opinions of, uh, of a particular ayah, you will find in most cases this is an ikhtilaf that is to no work. It's an ikhtilaf where it's showing you various different angles of the meaning and they're all correct. They're all correct. Naam? Uh, it's, it's very seldom you have ikhtilaf tudad where they're opposing views where one is correct and one is incorrect. In most cases, when it comes to, to, to tafsir, and you'll find the statements of the salaf and they mention different things, you'll find it's, it's, it's all to know where. It's all of various angles pointing, they all true. And the reason being is, is, is as Imam Ibn Jariri mentions, is that هذه الأقوال كلها داخلة في معنى الحفد all of these meanings enter into the meaning of serving. Naamu huwa khidma, and is it to provide a service? Because because the service or helping, it could come from the children, huh? or it could come from the grandchildren, or it can come from ashar. And he mentions another one here. He said, or it can come from the in laws. It could come from the in laws, like the, uh, yani, you know, the in laws. That's well known. The in laws. Naam. Uh, or can come from the servants, huh? So all of that enters into the meaning of hafada. So it can mean the children, it can mean the children's children, it can mean 
but but the children that serve you, the children children that serve you, it can mean yani your allies, it can mean your supporters, it can mean your servants, so on and so forth. All of that enters into al-hafada. Now, when one reflects on the importance that uh, children that help out their parents and grandchildren who help out their parents and friends and allies and extended family members who help out the parent and what that would mean to you as a parent in this scenario how important that is to your life and to your life standard then you realize that that is a ni'mah that is a bounty especially as we get older especially as we become not as yani, energetic to do the things we should do before especially as we become uh, slightly impaired in our mobility and, and so on and so forth then the family members who help and give aid and assistance that is a tremendous bounty that's a tremendous bounty to the person who is in need of that of that help and support of the family now so this is a tremendous bounty in which Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon human beings has bestowed upon mankind so reflect over this bithnillahi ta'ala to to and ponder over the the scope and the and and the uh, importance and significance of this bounty and then Allah Ta'ala he goes on and he, and he says what is and he has given you provisions from that which is good has given you provisions from the good things, from food, from drink, right? From those, yeah, from those good, wholesome things. Allah Ta'ala, He has given you provisions from these good things. Now reflect on that bounty. Now, so those things that you love, huh? From the good foods, from the good drinks, and you know, delicious and tasty, and so on and so forth. All of these things are from Allah's bounty. And if you reflect on this ayah, if you reflect on this right here, all of these things that are aforementioned that Allah Ta'ala made for you from yourselves, wives, that He made from your wives, uh, uh, children and grandchildren, that He has provided you from the good things. All of these things enter into a tawheed al rububiyyah All of these are from the phase of a tawheed al rububiyyah Because Allah Ta'ala who al khaliq Allah Ta'ala He is the creator. Allah Ta'ala He is the sustainer. Allah Ta'ala He is the one who provides the uh, uh, provisions. Allah Ta'ala He is the one who yani, bestows children uh, upon uh, human beings, so on and so forth. All of this enters, and this is from At-Tawheed Al-Rububiyyah. Naam. Then if you reflect, Allah Ta'ala goes on to say in the ayah, أَفَابِلْ بَاطِلِ يُؤْمِنُونَ Do they believe, or do they believe in falsehood? وَبِنِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ هُمْ يَكْفُرُونَ And they are, and they are yani, uh, deniers, or they are ungrateful, as relates to Allah's bounty. And with the bounties of Allah, they are ungrateful. Huh? Meaning they, me, and inshallah ta'ala will come to see huh? So what is meant by Or before that What is meant by Do they believe in falsehood What is meant by In falsehood is it that they believe The falsehood here What this means is what Is the idols is those who have been taken as rivals in worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what is meant by Baqil. Because Allah who al Allah Ta'ala is the is the truth. He's the only one that's worshiping truth. Naam as Allah Ta'ala he informs us in his in his in, in his noble book that Allah Ta'ala He is the only one that is worshiping the truth. And that which is called upon other than him then it is false. It is erroneous. Naam, la ilaha illallah, la ma'buda bihaqqin illallah. None has the right to be worshipping the truth except Allah. So, ap so after Allah Ta'ala mentioned the bounties that He had bestowed upon human beings, and these bounties, remember, uh, from, from the aspect of a tawheed al rububiyyah, reminding them of a tawheed al rububiyyah, then Allah Ta'ala, uh, He 
use, uses that as a proof and evidence why they should establish a tawheed al-uluhiyyah. Because Allah Ta'ala is the one who has provided for you spouses from yourselves, has made from them children, has given you good provisions, so on and so forth. So now, are you going to give your worship to the idols? Are you going to give your worship to the, the, the false deities? Are you going to give your worship to those who have been set up as rivals with Allah in worship? Huh? Allah has did all that for you and then you are ungrateful and you go and you give your worship to something else. So this is why the ayah it comes like this, reminding human beings of the ni'mah and then, and then uh, 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 rebuking them for taking these bounties that Allah Ta'ala has given them and then they're going to go and believe in that which is false. They're going to go and they're going to believe in a false deity. They're going to go and they're going to believe in that which is set up as a rival with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And this is why Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَبِنِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ هُمْ يَكْفُرُونَ And in Allah's ni'mah, they yakfurun. Na'am, because yakfurun, a lot of times it comes meaning kufr, meaning disbelief, right? Meaning disbelief. But it's important to understand, and this is why I was translated here in this ayah as, as, as they're ungrateful, right? Because in gratitude, this enters into kufr. Naam, because one of the meaning of kufr it means to be ungrateful, huh? And that's how it comes in the hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that the women it will be the majority of the people in the hellfire, and it said what? Because of the kufr they give their yani their husband, meaning the ungrateful. They don't mean they disbelieve in their husband, but it means ungrateful. They're ungrateful to their husband. So when you look at the concept of kufr, the concept of disbelief in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, it becomes clear that what enters into it, right? Is what is being ungrateful to Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah Azza wa Jal has given us everything. Huh? Allah, ta- Allah Azza wa Jal has given everything to an individual. But that same individual is going to turn around and utilize those things that Allah Ta'ala has given him to disobey Allah, to make shirk with Allah. She's going to take all of those things that Allah Ta'ala has given her to make shirk with Allah Azza wa Jal. To disobey Allah Azza wa Jalla and set up with Allah rivals in ibadah, this is the epitome of being ungrateful. This person is ungrateful, naam. So here, ungrateful, naam, ungrateful, and also that they disbelieve because they're making shirk with Allah Azza wa Jalla. So Allah Azza wa Jalla he rebukes these individuals for setting up rivals and denying these uh, these uh, these uh, these bounties in which He has bestowed upon him. So remember, ya ibad, that no doubt. All of these bounties that we have, and inshallah, this could reflect back on the relationship between the husband and between the wife, is that at the, at the top of that priority, as, as it is the top of a priority of our life, is to establish the tawheed. So first and foremost, as a functionality of, of, a, of a good marriage, is that we have to be helping each other to establish the purpose by way in which we were created. As Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Now to not create the jinn, nor the mankind, except to worship me, meaning Allah Ta'ala na'am. and also to utilize the bounties that Allah Ta'ala has given us in a manner that is pleasing unto him to utilize the bounties that Allah has given us in a manner that is pleasing for him because a healthy marriage na'am, a healthy marriage, it should help us into preparing us to when we meet Allah Azza wa Jal as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tells in the hadith that has been collected by Muslim and Bithnillahi Ta'ala will end with this hadith that on Yawmul Qiyamah on Yawmul Qiyamah that Allah Ta'ala when the Abd is standing in front of his Lord yani Allah Ta'ala will say to his slave Alam 
ألم أزوجك ألم أزوجك نعم it would say did I not marry you meaning did I not يعني, uh, decree that you marry somebody was it not decree for you that, that, that you were married نعم ألم أكرمك did I not honor you did I not bestow upon you honorable things and noble things ألم أسخر لك الخيل والإبل did I not subjugate to you the horses and the camels نعم وأذرك ترأس وتربع and did I not give you the opportunity to be the ruler and to be the leader uh, 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 يعني over your subjects did I not give you all these opportunities meaning that the individual on that day they're going to be questioned about the bounties that Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon them that on that day Allah is going to question them about the bounties what did they do with those bounties did they utilize those bounties right did they utilize those bounties to worship Allah or did they utilize those bounties in a wrong way so from the good marriage na'am, from the good marriage uh, my sisters and bithnillahi ta'ala remind your husbands na'am, and uh, anybody who may hear the uh, this address thereafter then na'am, from the good marriage remind each other is that what is that you help each other into doing that which is correct and to utilizing the bounties in a manner that is pleasing unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when the person gets a raise or they come into some, some good things that they weren't anticipating and so on and so forth, remind each other to make sure you, you utilize it in a way that is pleasing unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we see from our spouses that they're not doing that, then to remind them, do not utilize Allah's bounty in that which he is not pleased with because yawmul qiyamah, we're going to be asked about this uh, we're going to be asked about this as we're going to be asked about everything that brings us joy as Allah Ta'ala he said in his noble book and then on that day they'll be asked about those things that brought them joy they'll be asked about those things that they should take pleasure in those things they used to find joy in so on and so forth so let us be a reminder to us Ta'ala, to utilize Allah's bounties in a manner that is pleasing to him to utilize Allah's bounties to establish the Tawheed, to establish the Tawheed, uh, and to help each other in the establishment of the Tawheed, and to stay away from being ungrateful until our Lord Jalla wa Ala fa naktafi bihad al Qadr. Wassalam ala Nabiina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa jazakumullahu khayra.